0: You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. All right, if we can get uh, everyone to move on up, uh, that'd be great. Uh, Let's bunch up together. And let's grab a seat. All right. It's been a great service so far. Uh, this is our kickoff service, so we'll be talking a lot about different things that are very uh, pertinent to our worship and our year as well. So let's come on in. I do want to thank uh, David Jackson again. Uh, David has uh, taken over our um, uh, thanks so much. Uh, David has taken over our ushering program, and uh, he's just uh, with James Russell, and they've done a phenomenal job. David, with his police background, uh, given our world today with all the shootings and stuff. In the next few months, David will run a um, kind of like a practice, a safety practice for us here in service in case of an active shooter or something like that. So thank you so much, David. And all the stuff that you're filling out for David, uh, the, the sheets, the information sheet, uh, after this is going to be input into the police database. So uh, if you're going <laughs> to do that, it's going to be good. We are a uh, fellowship that is around the world, and I do want to welcome again Paul and Aleph from Toronto. Let me uh, say hello to them. It's great to have you with us. Uh, they're friends of Renee. Um, and then also the Nussbaum brothers. Uh, where are the Newsbomb brothers? There they are. Okay. Uh, we haven't counted you out, so you're still part of our membership, so it's great to have you back. And then... Uh, Last but not least, uh, let me get uh, Martha to stand on up. Martha is from Chicago, and let me get Sister Martha to stand on up. Did she go with the campus? There you go. Hey, Martha. We want to welcome you. Uh, Martha, yeah. Um, On a very sad note, Martha's brother passed away, and uh, she's here. So let's really wrap our arms around Martha and really take care. Martha, you have family here on the west side, so... Please let us know if there's anything that you need uh, from us as well. Let's, let's pray. Father, we uh, celebrate today the new year, and we're grateful for our brothers and sisters from around the world and what you're doing, uh, God, in fulfillment of the scriptures that you tell us to go all over the world and all over the cities, all over the countries. And, God, we pray that you really bless our service today. And, uh, God, thanks so much for Todd opening up his heart to, to share Uh, really vulnerably and deeply about uh, the hurts that are going on uh, just in our midst. God, we don't have to look very far. And uh, God, it's great having Martha with us. I hope that she can feel the warmth and the love of the West Side and uh, comfort her family really as only you know how. Uh, God, we don't have the words. Uh, We we just don't. And uh, Father, really comfort her, help her to feel your love for her. Father, bless us today as we kick off our year. Uh, God, I do pray that, uh, God, as Todd was talking about salvation, uh, uh, sozo, and God, just what that means, that, uh, God, we can bring it uh, to the people around us, to our communities, and that, uh, God, when the people come in here, that they'll truly see you and us. God, even if they never open up a, a, a scripture or a page in the Bible, that they see the Bible through us as is exemplified through our lives. And uh, God bless us in our work for you, uh, building up your church here and the kingdom here. Please be with the campus and the teens as they meet together as well. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right, what's I, uh, 2018. Uh, we're really excited about uh, this year. And, uh, you know, it was great having Al and Gloria back uh, during that time when they left about three and a half years ago. It was quite a traumatic... Time for the West, and it was great to bring them back, and just to kind of close up some loops. And uh, they felt awesome about the West Side. And uh, I've been talking to Steve Staten as well. Uh, Steve came about three and a half years ago to to help us to work through some of the things that we were going through. Quite a firestorm, to be honest. And um, I've been talking to Steve about just doing some follow up. So perhaps this year, uh, sometime, we'll invite uh, the Statens to come back. As well, to to really finish up what they started, and just to help us to really figure out some things as well. I really love this thing here. We have a you know we're always uh, upgrading our equipment and stuff like that. You know sometimes technology doesn't work, so we have this little thing here that is in the back. So it is a message to me. Yeah. So if there's something that they need to communicate to me, if you need to communicate to me, if you want to go back, and they uh, they'll, they'll flash a message there. I just saw one that says, stand closer to the mic. So that's why I'm moving closer. It's like, all right. It's in red, too. It's like really intimidating. Uh, but I appreciate it. Um, we decided as the staff, you know, I appreciate Todd talking about really some of the plans that we've been thinking about for the West Side is uh, what do we need? What do we need? If you look at your, 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 your flyer there or your newsletter that Paul has put together, I really appreciate Paul. You know, we, we've kind of stabilized. We're at the same where we've been at for the last couple years. And uh, we got the staff together in terms of the membership, in terms of our contribution, our giving. It's, it's on average a little bit below what uh, we've been um, expecting in terms of our budget. Uh, but we got together, we talked about just faith. That's what we need. We really need faith in God. Faith in God corporately together and faith in God individually as well. And over the break, you know, Lena and I were praying over our friends and stuff like that, and it was amazing to me. It dawned on me that so many of our friends, if not all of us, have things that are going on that are very close to us, concentrically very close, whether it's in our own family or immediate family or even just the next level of, of our family. You know, as we were coming back from San Francisco, I got word that my mom uh, collapsed and was taken into uh, the hospital by an ambulance. And she stayed uh, in the emergency for about three days there. And uh, so the good news is that she's good. Her heart is good. There wasn't a stroke or anything like that. But she's 85 years old. And uh, they ran some tests. And, you know, she might have cancer. So that's something that, if you can pray for me, uh, that would be great. Because my mom, after my father passed away. So, faith is not devoid of, things that we're going through. Faith actually is in the presence of these different things that are in our lives. And how do we choose to tackle, how do we choose to confront some of these things really says a lot about where our faith lies. Is it in ourselves? Is it in, you know, even great things like medicine or or is it in God? And this year we want to really focus and emphasize the need for faith. And the title is, Faith Changes Everything. It does. When we have faith in God, it changes everything. It says, how faith is, uh, in the book of Hebrews, it says, how faith is, uh, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And I love this one here. I love another version. It says, and the conviction of things to come. Faith is the conviction of things to come. Even though we don't see it, and I really appreciate Todd. You know, Todd's uh, just, I was sitting there just flabbergasted, just blown away uh, by the vulnerability. And I was just saying, God, that's God. That's, that's a miracle, you know, uh, that you, you've gone through that and are able to be in a position today. But I do disagree with Todd in the sense that Jesus didn't have all those things, but he has an incredible retirement plan. He does. It's the best retirement plan that you can think of. And I'll be honest with you, as I get older in my age, as I move on, I think about that a lot. And I think about, you know, what is my legacy here? What am I going to do in the next few years that I have left? But, but really, my, my retirement from God, that, that's the thing that I look forward to, the conviction of things to come. Let me introduce this guy here. This is Brandon. You might be wondering, who the heck is this guy? Is he from the L.A. Times? Is he, you know, he's from the Long Beach sector, okay? And uh, Brandon has been uh, kind of like a videography. He's been doing some projects on our mission works from around the world. We actually traveled together to Egypt, and we were roommates together in Egypt uh, for like a week. It was kind of cool. Uh, but he's going to be, don't mind, uh, Brandon, he's going to be taking some pictures and, and coming up with some videos uh, for us um, for the year. The conviction of things not seen. Okay? It says that without faith it is impossible, impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. Who He is is God. And that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. The writer of Hebrews says that we got to believe. We, there's, there's, it is impossible to please God without believing His Word on who He is. I have two teenage daughters and uh, it was really sad this morning. Lena and I brought them to the airport. They went to Bolivia for the next few months. And um, I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. You know, when I left for distant land, you know, my parents must have felt all these things. And this morning, we've definitely felt those things as two girls taking off. And to be honest with you, I'm really sad, but I'm kind of happy too. I got two teenage girls 8,000 miles away because teenagers, sometimes they don't believe you. It's like, I already told you what I meant. I was like, is that what you really meant, Dad? I really meant what I meant. And I think God feels like that sometimes. God, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And the, the, the author of Hebrews says, don't be stubborn. Faith is believing. Must believe that He is. He is who He is. we got to believe that no matter what happens in our lives, that God is still is who He is. And that we must look first to God. Amen? That is perhaps the weakest part of my walk with God. And sadly, that's the biggest part probably is my prayer. I love reading. I love the word. I love the knowledge of the word. I am very convinced that there is nothing else on the face of the earth. What we have in our hands through the scriptures and how it came about and the words itself in there and the wisdom in there and the truth in there, I am absolutely convinced. But it's my prayer life that I want to work on this year. That I need to go to God and wrestle these things with God first before I burden my wife. One, I've been, we've been married 25 years. One of the things that's really the hardest in our marriage is that I don't go to God with my problems. I have all these attitudes and I have all these feelings and stuff like that, and I inundate my wife with that, and it doesn't help her. She's not God. She doesn't have the capacity to deal with all my anger, all my frustrations, and all my bad attitudes. You know, and all the things that I'm feeling, the weight of that is crushing at times. I need to go to God first. Amen? So, the book of Hebrews teaches us that faith is believing in who He is and our implications of that. If we believe that God is who He is, we go to God first. Amen? Jesus, when He was looking at the kingdom, He struggles, He wrestles with words to really teach us what the kingdom of God is. And I love this. He says, you know, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? He's pulling out words from the air, you know, in Aramaic and in the Greek perhaps. and, and, And he's just pulling it out. He said, how can I describe to these mortals what God's kingdom is all about? He says in verse 31, it's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is planted... It grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. You know, I know this is one of Mark Shaw's favorite scriptures. When he thinks about, you know, Mark and Karen, they were in the mission field uh, in Germany. You know, as they think about the mustard seed, of just, just cracking through, you know, and just, just making a dent and believing. What? Is there a cat, near? <laughs> you know, was like a little cat. Uh, you know, believing, right? Believing. Even though it's small, faith, you know, the conviction of things to come. You know, as I was listening to Todd this morning, I-, I couldn't help but to feel, Todd's not the only one. How many people are feeling those things that have not been met, you know, with somebody on campus, or have not had the opportunity. So that's what I was thinking about, you know, just in terms of it must become large so that the birds can come in and rest in its shade. The imagery of the scripture is phenomenal. Lena and I love the Bay Area, so we went to the Redwoods up in the Bay Area and these gigantic trees, thousands and thousands of years old, some of them, 250 300 feet high, and we were talking to the park rangers, they are no deeper than three feet deep in their root system. Isn't that amazing? And the only way that they can be like that is what? That they hold on to each other in their root system only three feet deep that their roots interconnect together. We love it. We love going up there. We took a hike. You know, we had Gabby lead the way. You know, kind of a cool thing. We didn't want her to be a little twerp. You know, always behind. And you know, we had her lead. It's pretty cool. You know, teaching her that uh, there there are things bigger than us, greater than us, taller than us, higher than us that we must aspire to. Again, let me tell you here. Uh, let me tell you. This is the message version. Let me tell you, so we believe that this is the kingdom of God. So Jesus also say, well, okay, you believe that, that's great. But he goes, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, though, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the dumpster. So why are we here today? As we meet together again, as we start 52 weeks this year perhaps, why are we here? So that this tree that is the mustard seed at the beginning grows into this tree so that we can be the salt of the earth to affect the people around us and not just outside the church, but inside the church as well. To help each other, to guide one another, to lead one another, to be the salt of the earth. And there's an expectation for our church to have an impact. I don't know about you, but when I read the scripture, I do feel burdened. I mean, I there's no way of saying it. There is a burden that comes from reading the scripture. It's not a bad burden. It's not like a burden of like, oh my gosh, you know, like is this a terrible you know, I used to do uh, door-to-door sales when I was in, uh, in college. You know, CalPerg, I worked for another company called CalPerg that, you know, was an environmental curve. It was just awful. You're going door-to-door and telling people and people slamming on you and stuff like that, right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about the good news that saved Todd's life. You know, so there is an expectation for us to have faith in God. That's, we are the cause. We are, you know, be the cause. I love Kaiser Permanente today. They they run these different, you know, taglines, something. I love that one. It says, be the cause. Be the cause. And that's what God is calling us as well. Today, we're going to run through a few things here that talks about just very practically what we can do. God, he's going to do his own thing. I mean, whether it's with us or without us, God is going to do amazing things. We just want it to be, you know, inclusive of us, amen? I want to be part of that number. So God's going to do what He's going to do, but today we're going to talk about what we can do, the low-lying fruits that we can do, amen, that we can do. These things are, you uh, it requires faith, but uh, we can do this. So we're going to look at different things in our church, and we're going to have a Q&A afterwards at... 12 o'clock. And if you got, need to go and the parents, you need to pick up your parents and uh, your kids. And, you know, yeah, there's a little slip there. You know, you need to come back if you want to. But we're going to have a little Q&A after that. Okay, I told the Children's Ministry uh, Kids Kingdom that we're going to be done by 12. So we're a little bit behind. You've heard of this before, right? We're going to talk about membership. We're going to talk about different aspects that I want to hit. Number one is about our membership. Every time you go on an airplane hear this, we know that you have a choice of airlines when you fly and we want to thank you for flying with us right? we know that you have a choice of churches we know you have a choice of fellowship outside our movements our particular movement or even within you have different ministries that are more strong in different areas like Turning Point is great in their worship there are a bunch of AMS guys that started 20 years ago when I was here they got, they got talent uber talent at that level we're not Turning Point our strength lies hopefully somewhere else. You know, we make great communion bread, or we, you know, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know what our strength. That was just the first thing I came. It was pretty good. You know, it was the first thing I came up with my mind. All right, but but this is who we are. Who we are is who we are. Because okay? so you got to accept. You got to, somewhere along the line, you got to go. This is who I am. I got some not strength here, but I got some strength here. All right, and you got to revel. You know, just revel in it, right? you, you, you got to revel in it, right? So it's the same thing. I cross out a thank you because I don't want church to be a consumer thing. God is not thanking us that we're here. You know, we're thanking God that we're here. Amen? This is not a consumer... I mean, and I say this because in the world today there is a tendency, if we're not careful, to become like the world. Don't be fooled. Don't, don't think, oh, I'm above this or that. Don't, don't even go there. We become very much like... The world or even like the religious world today okay so i want us to really think about that we have a choice to make right in an ever-increasing choice world you know you know you got a choice to make but let's let's make this choice that we're going to make this church together he says in john chapter six he says after this a lot of his disciples left they no longer wanted to be associated with him then jesus gave the twelve their chance Uh, Do you also want to leave? Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? I mean, you have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves, confident that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus was not worried about membership. He was worried about discipleship. He was worried about discipleship. We're not worried about membership here in the West Side Church. We want discipleship. We want the real deal. You read the scripture and you go, why did Jesus, who did he have the hardest time with the most when you read scripture? It's uncanny. You can't help but notice it's the religious people. It's the religious people. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, they were his best friends. It's the religious people. I mean, it's like every page is like, alright, enough already. you know? It's a lot. And if we're not careful, we can become like that too. So, Jesus wants discipleship, not membership. Number two, Not everyone outside the West Side Church is lost. I know that for years we've talked about that. And not everyone in the West Side Church is automatically saved, neither. We're called to work out our salvation continually, securely, confidently, and faithfully. And the Bible says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's on us. The church is a gift from God. It's It's not a given. It's not like, hey, church... Do something for me. Put on a show or put on a presentation. Yes, I think collectively we can use our talents to really do some great things. But individually, it's on us to work at our salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? So these are the things I want to talk about. It's just, honestly, let's let's, let's readjust ourselves. You know, as we make these goals and stuff like that physically or even career-wise... Let's make some really strong goals when it comes to our relationship with God and our community here, God's church. God, Jesus says, you, you want to go? And Peter had the wherewithal to say, no, you're, you're the one. We're sticking around. Be alert. If you see your friends going wrong, correct him. If he responds, forgive him. Even if it's a pers- if it's personal against you and repeat it seven times through the day. And seven times he says, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Forgive him. This is in response to the previous slide. We're not talking about, you know, some cold, cutting people off. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, it's like, you know, it's talking to John the other day about some of the great business people in our, in our country. You know, like Jack Welch, who led GE for a number of years. And he had the 10% rule. He says, if you're not cutting it, 10%, you're fired. We're not, we're not talking about that. And the scripture is not talking about that as well. Because the scripture says, if he comes to you or she comes to you and seven times a day and says, listen, I repent and I change, the Bible says, forgive. The apostles came up and said to the master, give us more faith. I don't think I can handle a person like that. But yet, that's the expectation that God gives us. We're not talking about cutting people off. We're not talking about, you know, this cold thing. We're talking about true discipleship. That if we do have things to work through, we need to be open and come to God. Amen? We need to come to one another. We need to work things out. And on the other end, if we are, quote unquote, the strong one, we need to ask for more faith. That, you know, uh, we can do this. A lot of people ask me as a minister... What's my favorite part of the job? I said, people. He goes, what's the worst part of the job? People. Myself included. Myself included. Okay? Number two, worship. That was great, isn't it? That song. I loved it. I felt, I felt great. Nick, great job, Nick. Even through the, all the barrage of, of, of insults about my voice, um, you know, uh, I, uh, it, was, it was awesome. Worship. Okay? Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? We're not thanking people. We're we're, we're thankful to God. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house. Torching all that he needs to burn and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is a fire I love this passage he's not indifferent, he's not a bystander he, his son died for this church his son died for this community right so he expects us to, to really build it up he gave us a responsibility to build it up so in Hebrews 12 so we need to come ready to worship thinking about God and thinking about others We've got to get ready when we come to church service on Sunday. It is the most important day or event of the week. Wouldn't you not say? Yes. It's, we're coming to worship God. And I know sometimes we're late, sometimes we've got things going on, stuff like that. But it is the most important time. Let's come ready to think about God, let's think about others as well. Sitting together, practical. It's discouraging when you look out and you see pockets of like empty spaces. Okay. So when we do come together in worship, and this is more not for us only—I know we're a lot more comfortable, you know, in the back. There's a marked difference. I sit in the back sometimes. You 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 just feel—I understand, you know—you just feel a little bit, you know, removed. So on Sunday, I like us to come. No, not me, but I think it's good that we come together. Visitors. It makes a big difference to to visitors. It does. When they come and they see, well, these people, they're ostensible, you know, looking out. They're not close. They don't like sitting together. That's not true, right? 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 No, just kidding. Right? And Yeah. And there's no extra charge for the front seat. There really isn't. There isn't. My brother took me to the Warriors game yesterday. Steph Curry, 45 points in like almost three quarters. It was awesome. We had the booth. We, you know, he was, you know, corporate booth. Nice. Food. Seat lounging around, you know, it's it's awesome. There's no extra fee for the front seat, and they keep it pretty distant so that when I do spit, it only reaches like two feet. So don't worry about that. It makes a difference, just 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 optics wise. It does optics wise when people come in. It makes a difference, doesn't it? So can we sit in the front? My wife is really lonely sometimes. She sits there. And sometimes we have friends that come and they're like looking around. It's like they feel a little funny too, right? Just come, sit. Let's, let's be warm. You know, let's violate each other's inner space, okay? It's okay. It's the only place that we can do that. Sing, sing. Oh, that's good. We, we we're working on that. Relationship. Relationship in the church. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who can save him from death. And it was heard because of his reverent submission. Hebrews 5, 7. I'll walk with God comes first. Where do we get the power to give like that? We can create a ministry where you come to church and you say amen to this, amen to that. But it was not really from the heart. It seems fake, doesn't it? It seems contrived. I think we still can do it. But I think a better way to do it is if we are putting God first, that we do come, that our cup... Does overflow. There's a genuine faith. There's a genuine. We can just see it in the face, right? There's a joy. There's a faith. There's a serenity. There's a there's a peace about us that we can come and give to one another. Make time to pray and wrestle things out with God. You know, early in the morning. You know, I I, I'm I'm a I'm a derelict. I wake up in the morning. I'm a news hound. I check the news. Yeah, check all my bills. Check my credit score. You know, now it's all over the place, you know. So I, I just got to force myself. I got to go out. So I go out and take a walk. Pray to God. Amen? Pray to God before we come to church. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also rejected you as my priest because you have ignored the law of God. Remember, it's the constant theme. It's not just about coming and being entertained or coming or to be fed, but God actually expects his people to, just like our series last, last year, at the end of the last year, to do what? To be his priest. To be the interface between man, to be the ambassador of Christ. And in order for us to do that, we need to do what God says in the book of Hosea. He says we need to be knowledgeable of God's word. Let's have our conversation, you know, be filled with God's word. God's wisdom, not our own. Right? Not our own wisdom, but God's wisdom. That's deep. That's valuable. That's priceless. But if we constantly give our opinions into all that stuff, it gets diluted and every once in a while our words are not as powerful and, and, and really they, they don't have effect as well. Let's stay close to God. Let's read. Let's read the word. Let's be richly involved in God's word. Season a mature conversation. We're people of the book. We're people of the book. That's, that's the title that was given to the Jews back then. They're people of the book. They go back to the book. That's their reference points. Based decisions and judgments by the Word of God. Whether it's in our lives or what we're going to do, our next job or, you know, our schedule and stuff like that, our reference point is the Word of God. That's what's going to make great friendships in here. Is that we're, we're unified, not in our opinions, but in the Word of God. Amen? Let me give you a new command. This is under the heading of the relationship. Love one another. In the same way I've loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When you see the love you have for each other. Spurring one another on. Yes, it is our responsibility to set an example. We are called to give an example to one another. Amen? What does that mean? We're striving to grow. We're striving to overcome things. We're striving to wrestle things through to inspire one another. That is a command from God. Spur one another on. Learn to love as Jesus loved, not our own standard of what love is, but God's standard. But how do you get that? By reading the word. You can't get that unless we read the word. Mutuality, like Paul Told the Corinthians, there's got to be mutuality in we're not we're not always weak, we're not always strong. Sometimes we take the weak position, sometimes we take the strong position, but we're there for one another. There's mutuality in relationship. Amen. Discipleship. Our movement was founded on the belief that cheap grace is not enough. That when we looked at scriptures, we believe, and it's still true today. It's still true today. That hasn't vanished. The Bible hasn't changed. It's based on discipleship. Our movement, our fellowship is based on discipleship. How do we see that? Because when we read scriptures, you can't ignore all those scriptures like Jefferson did. He, he took a piece, he took a, a scissor, literally uh, President Jefferson, you know, um, what's his first name? Uh, Thomas, Thomas, that's right. He, he literally cut out the, the scriptures that he didn't like and it was known as the Jeffersonian Bible. We, we're not, we can't do that. That's just not—we're not God, all right. Let's just be at least that humble, okay? I am the vine; you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Zilch, nada. It's a promise from God. Bearing fruit is a natural outcome of remaining in the vine. You know, there's nothing more inspiring than seeing each other grow and spurring one another on. Isn't it? We see God through each other. That's how we see God. And the Bible says that if we remain in the vine, it's going to happen. The fruit is going to be there. If we claim to have fellowship yet with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. We're going to close out on this part on a Wednesday. And we're going to finish up the lesson on the second part. Discipleship is foremost with God. It is looking at the Word of God and matching our lives consistently with God's Word. We are accountable to that. But the second thing is, John also talks about there's a relationship with one another. I've heard a lot of times in our fellowship, no, you know what, I don't want to share about that. That's none of your business. That's, that's not disciples' language. That's just not in our DNA. That's not in our vocabulary. Right? And I really appreciate my sister-in-law. She gave Lena and I two packages DNA uh, for Christmas. I haven't done it yet because... I got a feeling that I'm Chinese. I just haven't had that urgency to open up you know, I just haven't had that urgency. It's still laying there. I saw it this morning, so I gotta get to that maybe this week, you know. But I just got a feeling that maybe I'm from a different district than I thought I was, but I'm pretty sure I'm from Vietnam or China somewhere, you know. I don't know. I just just a thought, you know, crazy old me, you know, just a thought. Right, but that's not our DNA. Our DNA is vulnerability. Our DNA is closeness. Our DNA is is um, honesty, openness. Is not an option if we want to remain in Christ. That's what First John says. Amen. It's not an option. It's 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 really how we are. Forgiveness from God is tied to our fellowship with one another. Bible says you can't love God whom we can't see, you know, and say we love, you know, each other whom we can't see, you know, who we can't see. I mean, it is just impossible. So our relationship with one another is crucial to the scripture. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to have not sinned, We make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. You know, I love these passages because it talks about, you know, honest relationships. Forgiveness is tied uh, to God. And I want us to really look at these scriptures and really think about what kind of fellowship we want us to be. Amen? So we'll close out the second part on Wednesday nights. So those are the areas I want to talk about, you know, in terms of our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, and, and, and some of the things we had talked about earlier on. Amen? All right, do we have any questions or any thoughts on that um, so far? Okay, good. Uh, great. <laughs> uh, we had saved it for Wednesday. We went a little bit overboard. I do want to honor it's coming up on 12. All right, the ushers are going to go around... And, uh, you know, we've been working on um, the, um, the concept of these. Uh, please don't go yet if, if you can. We want to hand this out because we want to get you to fill out the, the membership profile. Every year we do a profile just to update, you know, who your kids are, who they still are, and, uh, you know, where you live and information and stuff like that. So the ushers will go around and fill that out. Do me a favor. Try to do this by today and hand it in the back. Okay. And also, if you can look at the groups here, on the flip side of that, we came up with a list of different brothers and sisters who want to lead these groups. Some of them have themes, and some of them, they just want to love God and praise Jesus. It's just a Bible talk, all right? But they're led by different people that if you're interested in in joining those groups, put down your choice, okay? And it's going to be anonymous. So we'll, we'll collate these together. One, two, three, your first choice, second choice, and third choice. We'll collate together. And don't call us, we'll call you and let you know which group is going to be. Yeah. That's a good question, Angie. Everybody fills one out. All right? So we're going to close out in a real brief prayer. Please take this, borrow a pen. Anybody needs one? All right. Some over here, some And then fill it out, you know, before you leave the fellowship today. And Angie's going to be in the back collecting these. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we're grateful to you for this new year that we're here, that we're able to listen to your word. Uh, God, help us to really love you, and uh, God, just to really take these scriptures into heart. Thank you so much for every single brother and sister here, and uh, God, may this will be the best year for us spiritually. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're dismissed. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit the westsidechurch.com, or laicc.net.